going to sing happy birthday to you, and then I'm going to say a prayer over you. <laughs> happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Amen. Father God, we just pray that you just touch JJ, dear Heavenly Father. Use him in the day, in the year ahead, Father, to be a blessing to you, your kingdom, and this church and his family, Lord. We just ask God that you'll just continue to work in his life the way you desire. Give him a deeper and a more of a revelation and understanding of who you are. And we thank you, Lord God, for just uh, anointing him from the, the crown of his head to the soles of his feet, Lord. Just minister to his body, to him in a special, mighty way, Father, in his physical health, as well as in his finances, as well as in his mental and emotional state. Father, we just thank you, dear God, for touching him and completely just ministering to his life in whatever way he needs to be ministered to, Father. And Lord, we're going to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you, sir. Praise the Lord. I'm sure that most everybody in here, if not everybody all together, but I believe most everybody here knows the expression, turning over a new leaf. Well, that's what we're going to be ministering on tonight. The course of the, that means that we're going to be, have plans to change up the course of our life, to go in a different direction. It's kind of like starting over. And I don't know about you, but I plan on turning over a new leaf but I, this coming year, but it actually starts today. And I want to know if you'll join me. I want, I invite you to turn with me in your Bible this evening for a few moments to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4. Our text is going to begin with verse number 22. Verses 22 through 24 outline for us a plan for turning over a new leaf. The title of today's message, oddly enough, is Turning Over a New Leaf. Ephesians chapter 4, beginning with verse number 22. And after you find it, if you would, stand as we honor God at the reading of his word tonight. It says, You were taught, with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Father, we thank you, Lord, for showing us how we can apply these verses to our life and to be a better Christian for your, for your namesake and for your glory and honor. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. The first step to turning over a new leaf is found in verse 22. It says, 
you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self. The first point of our message is to put off the old man. Your old man, or woman as the case may be, is your pre-conversion lifestyle. What you were before you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And we are to crucify and put to death our old man. Let's look at Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, beginning with verse number 5. It says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life that you once lived. But now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices. Sin keeps us from, and hinders us from seeking those things that are above. The lusts of the flesh are contrary to the Christian life. If we do not kill them, they will kill us. In the King James Version, 1 Thessalonians 5.22 says, Abstain from all appearance of evil. To abstain is to restrain oneself from doing something. Restrain yourself. Don't give in to your carnal desires. The old man is deceived and misled. Sin is where the old man feels most comfortable. He likes living for himself instead of for the Lord. You need to dethrone your old man. Deprive him of, the, of his power. That is who you used to be. Take away his power. Free yourself from sin. Let's look at Romans chapter 6, verses 11 through 13. Romans chapter 6. Verses 11 through 13. It says, In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been bought, brought from death to life, and offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. You know, our life is to be different from what it used to be when Christ came in to, to save your soul. And we are to, to live in such a manner that reflects that. We are to reflect the holiness of God. We are to reflect the righteousness of Christ. We are to reflect everything that he has in store for us. We need to take those things and we need to make those things known to the world that we live in. 
They've got to see Christ in us. They've got to see a difference in our life and theirs. Because what's going to draw them to, to Christianity and to salvation if it's not a Christian's life? You know, one of the things that I really admired about the key people when I first came to Christ as Savior back in my 20s, I, I got involved with this couple that had some teenage friends that were sisters. They were not identical twins, but they were twins. But anyway, they, all four of those people helped to lead me in a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. They more or less what you would call discipled me. Because I still had problems with certain things in my life when I came to know Christ as Savior and Lord. Two of the things that I didn't have any problems more with when I first came to Christ was I didn't want drinking, I didn't want to drink anymore, and I didn't want drugs anymore. Those are the two things that he saved me from. But there were still other things that I did that a, a Christian probably shouldn't be involved with, such as cussing. Every now, not as bad as I used to. Every other word used to be out of my mouth before I got saved, a cuss word. But once I got saved, I worked on it. And the Lord worked on me, in, in me and through me, to deliver me of that foul language. Anyways, my point being is that on occasion, I would still let a cuss word or, or a phrase slip out of my mouth. And you know what? I expected to be reprimanded for it. I expected to be told, now a Christian doesn't talk like that anymore. But you know what? They acted like it didn't even faze them. They, they acted just like... I never even said a miss, miss word or anything. And so I, I admired that about these people, that they accepted me for just who I was. They accepted me just like I was. And they loved me into the kingdom of God. And, you know, over time, God took that foul language out of my mouth. And I'm just here to tell you tonight, folks, that we need to disciple people. We need to, to bring them into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ but then we need to let the Lord be the one to clean them up, so to speak. We, we've got to accept people just like they are. You know, I think it's in I think it's in 1 Corinthians 9. If I'm not, I'll tell you what I'm talking about if it's not there. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 9. It's where I'm thinking of, I'm trying to take us to. So we're going to look there first. And if not, I'll just go ahead and tell you where, what I'm going to be talking about. Okay, here it is. This, is. this is Paul now. Listen to this. In verse 19, Though I am free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone, to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew, to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like under the law, though I myself am not under the law so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not freed from God's law, but am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became as weak, to win the weak. I have become all things to all men, so that by all means I might, have, I might save some. I do this, all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. You know, we can get to know people and to 
live kind of like they live as long as it's not going against the Word of God. And that, what I mean by that is, is that I don't want to take on the world's mentality. I don't want to take on the world's ways. I don't want to take on the world's thoughts or, or beliefs or philosophies or anything like that. So don't get me wrong what I'm trying to say here. What I'm trying to say is this, that I have to accept people from where they're at right now and love them into the kingdom of God. And you know what? That's what Paul did. That's what he just got through saying in those verses I just read. He's saying that I acted like this person or I acted like that person as much as he was possible to do so. He, he was not going to violate his relationship with Jesus just to try to win somebody to Jesus. In other words, I'm not going to go to a bar with somebody who has a problem with drinking, okay, just to try to win him to Jesus Christ. I'm not going to do that. But what I am saying is this, that I'm not going to not associate with somebody who drinks just because they do drink. Does that make any sense to anybody today? So, therefore, and, and it, just because they're not a Christian doesn't mean I can't be a friend of, to them. And I, I may not be able to be the best buddy they've ever had. And I may not be able to, to uh, do the things that they do. But I can live a life in front of them that shows Jesus Christ. And I can make them a friend to hang around with and to do things with. And that's what God wants. He wants us to realize that we are in this world, but we're not of this world. Okay? We are in this world, but we're not of this world. And that's the, the first thing that this passage, that we're looking at tonight. That we need to understand that we are to put off the old man. And that means not living in sin anymore. And this leads us to the second point, or the second step, in turning over a new leaf. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 4 and read verse number 23. It says, to be made new in the attitude of your minds. But the second point is to renew your mind. Your mind must be made new spiritually. It must be radically changed for the better. Get rid of the world's mindsets, the philosophies, and the beliefs. Abandon and leave those things behind. Have nothing to do with them anymore. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 says, Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. In other words, I've got to watch. I've got to think about what I'm thinking about. I can't just let my mind go willy-nilly and do whatever it is I feel like doing or thinking about things that I shouldn't be thinking on. If I'm, if I'm walking along and I see a young lady that's very attractive, I can't let my, my mind wander and begin to think evil thoughts about her or sexual thoughts about her. Because that's not my wife. The only one woman that I'm going to have those kinds of thoughts about is my wife. Because that's, that's who I'm married to. And I'm going to be faithful to her. So in other words, if I begin to have those thoughts, I've got to bring those thoughts into captivity to Christ. And bring them into obedience. Did you know that the Word of God says 
that if I lust after a woman in my heart, I've already committed adultery. That's what the scripture says. God holds his people to a higher standard than the world. And so I've got to be careful about what I'm thinking about. I've got to bring those thoughts that are not Christ-like into captivity and bring them unto the obedience of Christ. We are to have the mind of Christ. Think what Christ thinks. And you know what? His thoughts come from and are based on the Word of God. <coughs> You've got to, to know what you should think about or not think about. You've got to get into the Word of God to see what those things are. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 8. That gives you a list as to what you should be thinking on as a Christian. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. In other words, that gives you a whole list of what Christian-type thoughts should be. And we need to, to focus our mind on those kinds of things and allow the Holy Spirit to transform our mind. Let's look at Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. says, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform yourself any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Your thoughts need to be based on the Word of God. Your, your thoughts need to be based on the Word of God. Like I said, if you wonder to yourself, well, what does God think about such and such? Or what does the Lord think about this or that? You know, most everything that our minds could conceive to think about and wonder about is actually covered in the Word of God. Now, there are some places that it is mute. In other words, there's nothing definite either way about it. But most of, the, most of the time, if that's the case, we're not even considering sinful things. Because if we're considering a sinful matter, a sinful kind of thing, then we can know that God's Word is going to cover it. And we can look it up in, in concordance, or we can look it up in strong exhaustive concordance. Or you can call me, and if I know the passage of Scripture you might be looking for, I'll tell you what that passage is, and you can look it up and read it for yourself and allow the Holy Spirit to show, the, the, show you the truth about that particular issue of life. So what I want you to know is this, folks, that we are to renew our minds. We can't just think about whatever it is we feel like thinking about. We've got to control the mind. We've got to restra restrain the mind from thinking ungodly thoughts and do ungodly things. Did you know that your character is built upon the thoughts that come to your mind? They are. In other words, the things that you do in your life, 
most of the time it's going to be things that you've already been thinking about. Anything that you spend a lot of time thinking about, chances are you're going to end up doing it. And so that's why it's important that we think about what we're thinking about. And don't just let our minds wander around and, and do whatever it feels like doing and think about whatever it feels like thinking about. We've got to put it in check. We've got to put a stop to those things. We've got to continuously avoid sinful action. Continuously. Not just once in a while. Because the Bible tells us that we're not to get... It says, make no provision for the flesh. I believe that's in Romans chapter 13, verse 14. It says, make no provision for the flesh. And to put on Christ. So that's how we're going to keep from giving in to sin is if we put on Christ and think the things he would think and live our life in accordance with his will. You know, there used to be an expression called, what would Jesus do? Mm -hmm. We need to get back to that mindset, yeah. I believe. Because there's a lot of truth to that. What would Jesus do? You know, let me say this, and, you, and then I'll move on to the last point. And that is that if you do not feel comfortable about doing something, if Jesus was sitting right next to you while you're doing it, don't do it. Don't do it. Just turn away from it. Get away from it as, as fast as you can and as best as you can. And you know what? The Lord will bless you for that. So what I'm, I'm telling you is this. Because Jesus is sitting there right next to you. There was a... Uh, uh, Things, a, a skit one time in a church that I went to that I saw, and it was about this guy that had his had gotten a phone call from an old friend. He had just given his heart to Jesus Christ, and he's sitting in this chair, and he's reading his Bible. All of a sudden, the phone rings, and he picks it up, and he finds out it's his old buddy, his old pal and friend before he became a Christian. He was just newly brought into the kingdom of God. Anyways, he said, no, I don't go into parties like that anymore. That's not my lifestyle. And all of a sudden, he says, oh, she's going to be there, huh? And so he decides, well, yeah, I guess I can go. So he hangs up the phone, and he realizes that Jesus is right behind him. And he turns to Jesus, and he says, Jesus, i got to go out for a little while, but I'll be back, and we'll pick up where we left off when I get back, Okay. And he goes around the apartment, and he's acting like he's showering. He's acting like he's shaving and everything and getting ready to go out. And he starts to walk out the door, and all of a sudden, Jesus is starting to come right behind him. And he says, no, Jesus. He said, I told you. I, I don't believe you'd like this kind of a party that's going to happen, be happening. So you go ahead, and you stay here, and we'll pick up where we left off when I get back, Okay. He turns around to walk out again, and all of a sudden, Jesus is right behind him, starting to take him out of the door. And Jesus, and the man says, Jesus, I didn't want to have to do this, but you leave me no choice. And he takes Jesus' one hand, and he extends it like that, and he acts like he's driving a nail in it. He does the same to the other one. And then he walks out the door and shuts the door. You see... That's the way some people are. They feel like they can try to hold on to both sides of the world. In other words, they, they think, I can act this way and still make it into the kingdom of heaven. You'll be deceiving yourself. 
And you can't do that, folks. You can't deceive yourself. You can't live for Jesus and the world at the same time. You just can't do it. And so you've got to make a choice. Am I going to live for Jesus or am I going to live for the world? And also, there was this other skit that I saw one time. This young lady is sitting in this chair, and she's talking to the Lord, and her friends start to come by and, and wheedle with her and trying to talk her into doing some things she shouldn't be doing. And, and all of a sudden, she starts inching Jesus out of the chair. And, she, and finally, all that's left is that Jesus is on the floor, and she's sitting in the chair. You know, people do that too to Jesus. They, they dethrone him from their heart. And we need to understand that we can't do that. It's either going to be Jesus on the throne of your heart, or you're going to be on the throne of your heart. But you can't have two people in charge of your life. It's going to be one or the other. And in order for the Lord to be able to be the one in charge of your life, you've got to be looking at the Word of God and knowing what it says, and then you've got to be living your life in accordance with that word. There's one final thing that these scriptures teach us about turning over a new leaf. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 4 again. And let's reread verse 24. It says... <clears throat> And to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. We must put on the new man. God is both the author and the pattern of this changed life. It is not the former nature refurbished, but a totally new creation. We are to be like God. You are no longer what you once were. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. In Christ means to be a Christian, a Christ follower. Christ's death and resurrection for us and our, identif our identification with him by faith make existence as a new creation possible. We are still a work in progress, under construction. Our relationship with Christ affects every aspect of our life. We are newly created to live righteous and holy lives, acting in accordance with God's word. What makes you righteous in God's eyes is to be right in a relationship with God when you simply receive the implanted obedience of Christ and the forgiveness of sins through faith. This righteousness comes by faith and not by the law. Christ is our righteousness. We are to be de dedicated and consecrated to God. We are to dedicate ourselves to the service and worship of God. Holiness is a lifestyle. Giving yourself unto God as a living sacrifice is the fresh act of dedicating yourself deliberately and intentionally to Jesus, bringing yourself fully into his kingdom and under his rule. The way that you consecrate yourself to God is to, first of all, dedicate your heart to God. Make it Make a conscious, willing decision to dedicate your soul, your mind, your heart, and your body to God. Secondly, you need to reflect on your motives. Why are you doing what you're doing? Are they selfish motives 
or are they motives that lead to a servanthood kind of a life with Christ? Third, repent. 1 John 1.9 says, if we, are, if we confess our sins to, to God, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Fourth, we need to separate ourselves from the evils of the world. Keep away from evil and stop yourself from sinning. Persistently avoid and resist and reject evil and sin. Continuously avoid and reject evil. And finally, draw closer to God. You do that when you refuse the things of this world. You do that when you spend more time in prayer. You do that when you find yourself reading the Bible more. You know, these are the things that, that needs to be done if we're going to draw closer to God and away from the things of this world. Because if we don't, we're going to find ourselves in a... In a Situation where we're not doing any growing. We need to be growing in Christ on a daily basis. Every day we need to be more like Christ than we were yesterday. And the day before that. And the day before that. Christ needs to be completely and fully in charge of all that we do and all that we say. And when we do that, we're going to make a difference in our life for God. And so I would encourage us to consecrate ourselves to God in these areas that I just mentioned. The consecrated life aims at a close following of Christ. I'm going to have us look at one final passage of scripture, and it's in Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. We're closing out with this. Verse number 24. says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. You know, as I said a moment ago, we cannot follow the world and God at the same time. It's going to be one or the other. So I would encourage us to take a look an honest and hard look at ourselves tonight as we're about to close out. And make sure that we know Christ as Savior and Lord. Also make sure that we're following after Christ and not after the things of this world. Because the things of this world are going to lead you away from Christ. They're going to divert your attention. You're going, you're going to end up following after the things of this world and, and lose your sight upon Jesus if you're not careful. And you know what happens when you do that? You begin to sink. You begin to lose your focus on Christ. And you know, that's what happened with Peter when he came out of the boat. He looked at Jesus, and as long as he was looking at Jesus, he was walking on the water. But when he took his eyes off of Jesus, he began to sink, and he cried out, Lord, save me. And he said, why did you die? You know, we cannot let the things of this world deter us from following after Christ. So take a good hard look and an honest look at your life right now and say, am I following Jesus 
or am I following the Lord? The answer will depend on how you need to respond to this offering call. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place. We thank you, dear God, for showing us the direction our life needs to be taking. Because, God, there's going to be some things in our life that we probably need to change. Change in a, in a sense that we're not necessarily living in sin, but, God, on the other hand, we're not living totally for you either. And your word says, Father, if we are lukewarm, ye will spill, spew us out of your mouth. So, Lord, help us to be on fire for you. Help us to walk in the ways of holiness and righteousness. Help us to be like God in the world that we live in. Oh, thank you, Father, for having your way in each and every heart and life tonight. As I said earlier, take a look at your life and ask God, am I living for you? Or am I living for the world and myself? Let's, let, let us give our hearts to Jesus tonight if we haven't already done so. I'm going to say the sinner's prayer. And if you feel led to do so, you can repeat it after me. Otherwise, I'm just talking to the people on Facebook. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask that you give us your forgiveness for the sins that we've committed. Forgive us of our unrighteousness. May we live our life for you from this day forward. Help us, Lord, to forsake the things of this world and to follow after you all the days of our life. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I appreciate y'all being here tonight. God's blessings be upon you. I want to leave you with a blessing. I was going to share this this morning, and I forgot to share it. It comes out of Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. At least I don't believe I shared it this morning. If I did, I'll repeat it again. I don't think I did over Facebook. I want to leave you with this blessing. It says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. We want to invite you to be with us again this next Sunday. Have a God-blessed week, and we'll be looking forward to being with you again this next Sunday. Should the good Lord not return before then, God bless you.